Okay, here we are. Here we are. Episode eight. So, <laughs> so this is Brown Burndown. Brown Burndown. The Brown Burndown. The Brown today as usual it's very relevant as are all of as every episode is <laughs> super relevant you know I feel like our episodes are super relevant but always like a week too late super relevant but actually I think mm-hmm. that this is still super relevant because people are still talking about it yeah exactly but as always before we get into that we have got some thoughts from last episode and some lies we told yes uh so did we tell any lies last week grabs Unfortunately, we did, and it was my fault, and I think it's just because I got carried away with just the Great British Bake Off, as I always do, Um, and so basically the lie that I told, I was talking about the contestant, Kate, who used jaggery, and it was like a big big freaking deal for (laughs) all the contestants and the judges on the show. Um, I said that she was using jaggery to make a muffin, and it was, sadly was not a muffin. It was stuffed bread, which is arguably weirder. It is weirder. Inarguably weirder. I don't even right? know what that is. What is stuffed bread? It's like um a, like a dinner roll that's stuffed with uh, stuffing. It does sound delicious. <sighs> I kind of want one. Any other lies? I think that was it. Okay. So, Good job. Again. Okay. So our friends have thoughts. Yeah, okay, so our friends have some thoughts, but first of all, we, if if we sound, um, I don't even know, more proximate than before, it's because we saw each other this weekend. Yeah, oh my gosh, that is a big update, we should have led with that, we did <laughs> see each other, which is momentous. Um, we went to Miami, guys. I know, we're so fun. Like, we are so fun. So fun. Um, yeah, so if you're just listening now, we don't actually film these together record them together but also we learned that a lot of you might be randos because it turns out our friends don't listen to this podcast and we're very bitter about it and we'd like to use this opportunity to call them out (laughs) which they'll never know because they don't listen um okay actual thoughts from our dedicated wonderful listeners um listener Ange brought up a really good point when you're talking about uh Hollywood last week about the new Aladdin movie that's going to be coming out really soon and that's had a lot of controversy around it because um, when they were casting for Aladdin and Jasmine they had to extend casting because they couldn't quote unquote couldn't find any good uh, like actors of I don't know Middle Eastern descent yeah which is um, anyway, so they did find a middle uh, a main cast member of Middle Eastern origin who they're really excited about. Um, and then Princess Jasmine is played by an actress who's half Indian, which is not the Middle East and also not full. Exactly. And I think it goes back to this idea that in communities of color, like, there is 
a value placed on the lightness of your skin, even if you already have some degree of color. Um, Being lighter is considered attractive. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, it's more beautiful, right? So this is her big... This is her big debut. This is her big debut. And it's kind of like what we talked about with Bohemian Rhapsody where, like, it could have been anyone's big debut. Like, it could have yeah. been a fully Middle Eastern actress's big debut. But Right. Exactly. It's not. We do want to talk about Bohemian Rhapsody, but before yes. we do that, one final update from our friends at Thoughts. We have been doing a very statistically significant <laughs> uh, poll, and we are trying to determine whether people think Nick or Joe is hotter. And it's almost like unanimously Nick of the people that Yes. Ha, ha, ha. I mean, it's just obviously Nick. Like, that was just obviously what it was. Don't get it. Just don't get it. Yeah. Well, results don't lie. P less than 0.05, so... Don't know what to tell you. Whatever. Um, actually, one of our new listeners, Dee, I asked her about it yesterday, and she was like, is it possible to pick neither? She's <laughs> <laughs> like, is neither an option? Okay, she wins. That's the right answer to this poll. <laughs> so, oh, yes. Okay, so back to Bohemian Rhapsody. So, mm-hmm. Cars actually saw it. So, yeah. <laughs> saw it, and you have some thoughts. So I do. Let's go to our lingering thoughts. Yeah, so I've been on a lot of planes recently, and I did catch Bohemian Rhapsody on one of the planes. And the good news is we were totally 1,000% right. Like, I think watching this movie just infuriated me more than talking about it last week, because I think if they had just skimmed over the fact that he was Indian and not made it a plot point, then it would have been fine. It would have been annoying for the representation reasons we discussed last week, but it would have been fine. But actually, it's weirdly a big plot point that for me does not land at all because he isn't Parsi and he isn't Indian. So they have all these references throughout the movie to like people calling him like a Paki, which is like a derogatory term. And he'd always be like, no, I'm not Pakistani. It's like, yeah, you're Egyptian. Like you're, you're not, like, <laughs> it's, you know. And then they have this like really stereotypical brown family who he's like, he's like, oh, like, I'm Freddie now. And they're like, you go out so much. Like, why don't you stay home and be like a good son? It's just like very stereotypical. And it doesn't land at all for me because it's like bad acting on the family's part. And also like the emotional punch doesn't hit because he doesn't actually have a connection to that culture. So it, right, it right. just, it doesn't land for me at all. Um, I have a lot of comments in here about teeth acting, which is not related oh, yeah. to this at Can all, you, but... <laughs> What, you mean like his fake teeth? Yeah. <laughs> okay, I would like to hear them. <laughs> <laughs> well, just I felt like, I mean, he's a really good actor, but like the teeth were doing the acting here. Like it was like very much just like he was wearing big teeth. And so that was like that, the character. That, yeah, I, I totally could see how that would happen. And I went and watched a lot of videos of Queen afterwards because, like, to be honest, the music is so fun. And like overall, yeah, the movie's so like a fun, fun movie. Mm-hmm. But, um, Freddie Mercury looked incredibly Indian. Like, he, yeah. like, when you look at him now, you're like, oh, yeah, of course he was Indian. Even when he's in his, like, tank top, I'm like, that's my grandpa. Yeah. <laughs> that's literally my grandpa yes. at, like, 5 a.m. in the morning, drinking yeah. his chai and eating his toast. Exactly. <laughs> like, actually. Yeah, we were super right. That's the music awesome. was really fun, but I I was really infuriated by they kept on coming back to this plot. 
Oh, actually, everyone should go watch. There's a video that they play at the end, which is like an actual music video of Freddie Mercury singing. It's the music video for Don't Stop Me Now, I think. Um, And it's so good. He has so much energy. He's so fun. I would watch that. Yeah, go watch that. Okay, I'll do that after this. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks for filling us in, Tara. Okay, so, okay, more lingering thoughts. Um... Mindy Kaling, we don't know if you are, but you possibly are listening to our podcast because she's, like, embracing her Indian heritage now. Yes. She has this uh, social media movement where she's posting pictures of um, famous Indian celebrities, like, artists. So far, she's posted, I think, just, like, artists, actors, um... And it's, like, hashtag proud to be Indian, and she highlights a famous Indian person on it. But I would love to see her go, like, next tier and, like, kind of, yes. like, underground Indos who are doing awesome stuff. So, okay, then, speaking of Mindy, mm. other big update. Tara, you gotta, you gotta spill the beans on this Well, one. I'm sure you all already know, but Cory Booker, the 99% probable baby daddy of Catherine Kaling. Is that it? The baby's name? Yeah, yeah. Cory Booker has moved on. And he's now dating Rosario Dawson, who's awesome and a badass. Um, (sighs) Well, and then the last lingering thought from the past few weeks is that Lily Singh, who's known for um, her Superwoman YouTube channel, Mm -hmm. um, is going to be the first first Indian... uh, Canadian-American woman <laughs> to host. I don't know. Basically, she's going to have her own late-night talk show. Yeah, which is a big freaking deal. She's replacing Carson Daly. Carson Daly, Carson Daly. But, uh, yeah, good for Lily Singh. Yeah. I know that when the announcement came out, there was a lot of backlash because apparently she has like a tendency in her videos to appropriate black culture and she's used blackface in some of her videos what i think they're like older videos yeah they're older videos and i don't follow her close enough to know whether she's like commented on that since getting this gig so if she hasn't i hope she does i hope she apologizes if that oh she definitely should i mean it it all it begs that question one about like old tweets like how much should you be held accountable for what you said in the past if you've apologized and like moved on from it but two like how much does it dictate who you are like it's the whole like Virginia governor thing too it's like okay sure you did it in the 80s but like is that okay ever like do are do we ever accept your apology like I don't, I don't even know if they've apologized for it. I think they just denied that it was them. I think it, they deny. I mean, he's still in office, right? Yeah. So, like, no matter how much he apologized for it, he's not really owning up to it. And I think also with with Lily Singh and, like, using blackface, it, it like, brings up a whole other point, which I think we should get into in one of our future episodes about just because you are a person of color as an Indian person doesn't make you immune from being racist. Good for Lily Singh. Hope she apologizes or hope she at least acknowledges that she has a history of this. Um, yeah, good for representation. Bad if she's doing it at the expense of black people. So, um, Okay, well, finally, to close off our intro for this episode, um, as always, we have to fill you in on updates with our Nick Yanka Watch 2K19. And big news is that when we were in Miami last weekend, guess who was in Miami with us? With us. <laughs> they were hanging out with us, Priyanka and Nick. 
Okay, yeah, so they were in Miami. They were, like, posting a lot on social media, as they always do. Fun fact, we convinced all our friends to go to the club that we were told celebrities go to, and we almost paid $45 a person to get in, <laughs> just in the odds that we might see Priyanka and Nick. But yeah. we didn't do it. We did not do it. <laughs> did not do it. And then we kind of, I feel like at that, that was the moment we crossed the line, but from haters to stalker fans you know yeah we became stalker fans i know but i'm not that surprised that it happened (laughs) fine line we crossed it and now we're back and now we're back it's all good don't worry tell the exactly (laughs) soccer now is like it was number one on the charts and of course because it was number one on the charts nick had to buy priyanka a car not just a car like a maybach maybach right I don't know what that is. If you guys know what cars are, you <laughs> probably sound like idiots right now. But it's like a $200,000 car. Oh, my God. Which is funny. We actually wrote an email to BuzzFeed about this because yeah. their their coverage of the situation was a little infuriating. Even though they don't have to, even though the opposite should be true in their relationship, she has more money, she has more power, she's older – they really just love to adhere to traditional gender norms. They just love it. So yeah, when exactly. his single is number one, he buys her a car. When she launches her own YouTube show, like, she doesn't buy him anything. Like It's odd, and I think BuzzFeed definitely uh, glorifies or romanticizes yes. like, very, like, toxic relationship ideals. Um, and so we called them out and we wrote them an email. This is, this is what we said. We said that... Okay, so we've already talked about the last name thing um, and how BuzzFeed talked. About, so, so the quote is that Nick just said, "Why aren't we doing our wedding in India? Shouldn't I be taking my bride? Should I be taking my bride from her home?" And then the author of this article says, "Now, excuse me, while I hide in a corner and cry about how cute these two are," which is like, what? And so we said, "This has implications not just for your direct readers, but for how brown women feel they should behave in relationships with men." As I'm sure you're aware, in much South Asian culture, the dominant view is still that women are inferior to men; that their role is to look after the children and their husbands and not pursue education. Even in educated families, women are still pressured to give up their careers for their husband immediately. We see this very often true with our friends and relatives. By glorifying Priyanka and Nick's relationship as adorable, with consistent articles that glorify these problematic flaws you are indirectly telling brown girls that yes even in 2019 this is still the kind of relationship they should have with a man that they should apologize for not being able to cook for him that they should have to take his last name in order to quote unquote become a family as priyanka said that they even if more successful and wealthy should be given trophy gifts when he succeeds never mind her own accomplishments so yeah it needed to be said that's ridiculous and also i mean i don't know if anything else is going to change okay also really sad since we're doing all this research on priyanka chopra and nick jonas i basically get like google news alerts (laughs) (laughs) and i got this uh alert today from gossipcop.com which is a real website super bummed that i did not come up with that myself they debunked this article that nick and there was an article printed in okay magazine about nick and Priyanka headed towards divorce just 117 days into their marriage and like they has it been that long apparently yeah so and the way I interpret this article is that there are other haters out there (laughs) (laughs) okay magazine (laughs) okay magazine right yeah I think that's all we got should we get a twitter okay let's take a poll on that also I think we'd be good at twitter but if you have thoughts on that email us at thebrownburndown@gmail.com. at gmail.com yep we do check it
It'd be a steep learning curve, but I think we could get it. <laughs> I think we could get it. But you have to promise us you'll follow us, because if we're just tweeting to ourselves, then that's no fun. I mean, it would be really fun. <laughs> <laughs> Minimal reward. Honestly, that I started guess. this week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, shall we get on to the main event? Yes, let's do it. Okay, so... So I really wanted to caption this thing, All Browns Go to College, but I think that's a very niche reference. Did you ever see that movie, All Dogs Go to Heaven? No. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so then it doesn't make sense to you. Yeah, so um, surprise, surprise, brown people go to college, and college has been in the news recently, specifically our alma mater, Yale. Modder is not doing so hot. <laughs> not doing so hot. Peter Salovey sent us some frenzied emails. He sent us many emails. Yeah, <laughs> multiple emails. Basically, a like, ring of celebrities and very wealthy people were busted by the FBI a couple weeks ago for bribing um, various like coaches of soccer teams, the rowing teams, um, bribing test proctors, just doing all kinds of shady things to get their kids into college. Um, and Yale was implicated in that. Um, so these students were supposedly varsity athletes, even though none of them could actually play the sport that they were supposedly recruited for. So the coach would vouch for them and be like, this is a really good soccer player. Here's a Photoshop picture of them playing soccer at this really good club. Um, so their SAT scores and their grades can be lower because they're a recruited athlete. Which the photoshopping is like wild. Yeah. That's the wildest <laughs> part of this whole thing. <laughs> Honestly, though, I feel like, I mean, I, when I read it, I wasn't that surprised. No, like, not course, at like, all. Okay, I think the most surprising thing, which everyone has been saying this on Twitter, but like, yo, if you're really rich, you can get your child in legally. Like, there are legal ways to do this. If you give a million dollars and name a bench after yourself, your kid will get in, no matter how dumb they are. So, maybe not, maybe, maybe, okay, so theory number one is that these kids are so dumb that they, their parents couldn't even give, like, you know, a million dollars and have them get in. Because the kid who recently yelled, Peter Salve sent us, the president sent us an email saying that they have rescinded the admission of a kid who was implicated in this scheme. Um, and it turns out that parent paid like over a million dollars to get yeah. this kid in. If you are paying over a million dollars, like you could just, so either your scores must be so atrocious, abysmal, yeah, or you're just going about it the wrong way because. Yale and all of these schools are full of rich kids you don't deserve to be there. That's just yeah, a fact. That's a fact. And, and like, if it's, this is happening at Yale, USC, Stanford, like, this is pretty pervasive. Like, I think it's happening yeah. at all kinds of schools, right? For sure. But it also kind of more broadly sheds light on the fact that there are a lot of ways, a lot of backdoor ways for rich, predominantly white students to get into elite schools that are just unfair. Like, even though, like, giving the building is legal and like that's a legitimate way to get in it should not be you should not be able to buy your way into a really good school when like I don't know I do interviews I'm sure you've done interviews there are like so many really really qualified kids who do not get in because there are only like a limited number of spots for them because some of the spots are being taken up by these people like 
Yeah. I get that Yale's a corporation that needs to make money, but... Like, they are, but also, like, their endowment is larger Huge. than, like, Iceland's GDP. Like, yeah. it's massive. So, like, yeah, they, they do need to make money. These institutions are not perfect at all, and, like, this when this came out, I was not surprised by any of it. But, like we're saying, like, just the level of, like, entitlement and privilege that these kids have is is disgusting yeah and also I, I think it was on like wait wait don't tell me a couple weekends ago it was just like I think it was an Asian comedian she was like I love like how much these like white privileged parents like the extent that they will go to to like protect their kids from the fact that like they're stupid they're stupid <laughs> in contrast to like Asian households like an Asian families like if you're stupid like you're gonna know you're stupid oh yeah you're gonna take Kumon on the weekends exactly. every weekend every weekend like your parents will be the first ones to tell you that like, <laughs> you have no potential you know so um <laughs> Um, yeah yeah this whole Yale thing also sort of sheds light on the recruited athlete situation oh yes yes. which I think for certain sports how like there are like certain sports that recruit a more diverse group of people but a lot of these sports like lacrosse and baseball and diving and crew are predominantly recruiting white students from wealthy backgrounds whose parents could afford to have them pay for an expensive sport from an early age so that they could become really good at it like golf like all these things that like golf fencing squash uh, Yale Yale also had a polo team yes it was was a varsity I don't think it was varsity but it still they had a polo team so like all these all these are just spaces that like there's spots that are taken up that a minority candidate could not enter, basically. Yeah, they're not available for you. They're basically, like, your odds of getting in become so much slimmer because you take out all these legacy admissions, you take out all these athletes, you take out ridiculous donation spots. The seven generations of legacy or whatever, that's not something that will ever be part of our narrative and like um you don't just want really really rich privileged kids who happen to be a different color you want like a range of experiences and socioeconomic status and like I don't know I think that's a larger problem that they need to grapple with with athletics also because like to be honest and I am not an athlete let's let's preface this by saying we are not athletes I just don't understand why the standard for admission should be lower for you if yeah. you made a lot of money. Your parents made a lot of money growing up. I don't get that either. Yeah. But I do think that sports culture in the U.S., and this could be like a whole another episode, is just generally toxic. And this is like another, yeah. this is another manifestation of that, right? Totally. Where people are exploiting this avenue. Oh, 100%. Um, admission into schools that they don't deserve to go to. Well, that's a whole other thing, right, of, like, how difficult it is to be a minority in this country. Like, if your parents didn't watch football growing up, you didn't watch football growing up, and you don't understand football, and that's not a part of your vocabulary, and it comes back to bite you in the butt, like, in the workplace, in your relationships, in your friendships, like... Yeah, and I think that's a good segue into our next point, which is that... This scandal came at a time, like, right in tandem with the big affirmative action case that 
was going on for the last few years, actually. Um, and it kind of culminated in a court decision towards the end of 2018, I believe. Um, so the backstory on this case was that all started really like a few years ago with this, I think it was a court case at the University of Austin. Um, Abigail Fisher, I think is her name, versus University yep. of Texas. Um, she did wasn't granted admission, and she said that her scores were like better than the minority students who are getting into the University of Texas. So she sued the university saying that affirmative action like basically prevented her from getting in. It became this like landmark case at the Supreme Court and it was a I think it was a loss was it a loss for her? I think it was a loss for her. It was a loss for her because that lawyer who argued her case is back and he's kind of been the champion of this affirmative action case. He started this organization called Students for Fair Admissions and he files his lawsuit in 2014, basically with the intent, like, if I have to TLDR what his mm-hmm. intent was, it is to, like, pit Asians against uh, other minorities, minorities, other minorities in yep. the U.S. And pitch college admissions as, like, a spot for a minority student who benefits from, like, affirmative action means that it's, a, like, one spot taken away from an Asian American, which is just It's not so messed true. up. It's so yeah. messed up. Um, this lawsuit also alleges that, like, they use personal ratings as admissions factors, which is, like, probably, like, yeah, accurate. True. Right? Yeah. But I think this guy kind of, like, exploited that. And the thing that's so annoying is that, like, there are valid parts of the case. Like, if it yeah. was just, like, dumb by whatever, we could easily write it off. But the thing is, like, it is incredibly unfair that Asians are held to a higher standards in college admissions. It's incredibly yeah. unfair that, like, there are personality scores that colleges look like. But at the same time, like, it's really, really messed up how this dude is pitting Asian Americans against other, or Asians in general against other minorities, because that's not what this is about. Mm-hmm. This is about generally why seats are being held for white people and not for these other groups. Like, absolutely affirmative action should exist. People who don't have the opportunities that white people should should be allowed to get into college. But that doesn't mean that the spots that black and Latinx students get and Native students get should be taken away and given to Asians. It means the spots that white people get for recruited athletes and legacy should not be exist that shouldn't exist and those spots should go to if an asian student deserves it more fine if like a black student deserves it more fine like affirmative action should exist and asian should not be punished for being asian it feeds into it, it, like this idea of like asian americans being the model minority is yes is it's an important one and it's an important point to make because first of all like stereotypes are just bad generally and like generalizations don't really do anyone any favors but the model minority myth that, like, Asians are very hardworking and uh, they, like, reside in upper socioeconomic status is because they're hard hardworking and they're educated and they're, like, low crime rates and everything make them, like, the best, like, minority in the U.S. Like, it's kind of a unhealthy stereotype, but at the same time, it, you intuitively benefit from this, like, awful stereotype, yeah. right? Um, and Asians are typically more privileged than a lot of the people who would benefit from affirmative action, right? This guy wanted to pit Asian Americans against other minorities in the U.S. with the intent of taking down affirmative action is ridiculous because this is, that's not the battle. The battle is not there, as Tars just said. It's super upsetting, and to your point, like, it's a stereotype. Not every Asian comes from a high socioeconomic 
background. Not every Asian is incredibly studious. Not every Asian has like the resources or the parental time and energy to be good at school. Affirmative action exists for a very specific reason that like it has been shown that people of certain races have been systematically oppressed basically by the United States. And so in order to allow upward mobility, you want to give people who show promise opportunities to succeed in life and have their family succeed as well. That just makes sense. It doesn't benefit anyone. And I just think it's like this guy is so shady because he's very clearly just turning the clock away from or turning the eyes away from the fact that like white students have all this privilege. And if you like take away these spots from black and latinx and native and other minorities and give them to high performing asian students i mean one from like a general like principle that's not diversity that is not a diverse environment to learn in that's like a bunch of clones like and i guess it's like a question of what do these universities stand for like are they in it just to make more money for themselves which is what it kind of feels like that's what it feels like yeah or are they actually there to make like be a beacon of higher education and provide opportunity for people who maybe deserve it and don't usually get the opportunity to have it. Right, exactly. So this whole thing, this guy, what he's doing, this entire case, like all of the these like conversations that people are having, I guess now about like race-based admission and stuff, like I think the overwhelming tendency that they want us to do is to like mix up all these ideas of race-based admissions and affirmative action and ultimately what that does it just like emboldens white supremacy and it let, lets white supremacists yes. win right and so um i feel like as indian americans we have like this extra duty to like make sure we defend affirmative action yes it's been helping us out all along because it yes. provides for more diverse college experiences yes totally Yes, so TLDR, we are pro-affirmative action. (laughs) This case is ridiculous. However, it is very annoying that there are quotas for Asians and that Asians are held to a ridiculously high standard that doesn't necessarily apply to all of our races. And thus, let's have less legacy and less spots for athletes and take some of those spots that are reserved um overtly or not for white students and let them be for whoever deserves it whether that's an asian american or another or a white student maybe there are like white students who are being um like from lower socioeconomic groups that are being held out because because of this yeah of this yeah but merit-based give more spots that are merit-based and take them away from the legacy and the athletes is my take so, okay, um, hot takes? Hot takes. Let's do hot takes. Okay. Hey, hey. I follow some fashion stuff sometimes. Not fashion necessarily, but like trends, you know? Yeah. Yahoo has a lot of trend stuff. But I also like really like get bored with my hair easily, I would say. Yeah. And so I like like to mix it up sometimes. Um, and for a really long time, I don't know if you guys have noticed, but like bobs have been in like a lob, like a long bob, long bob, like your collarbone length haircut. Um, and there was a point where like all my friends were getting lobs and like everyone at work was getting lobs and all the celebrities were getting lobs. It was so cute. And I tried to get a lob. Um, and I have Indian hair. I have very thick, like 
quite frizzy naturally hair that is meant to be worn long so it's heavier and then it like falls okay it's not meant to be short um and unsurprisingly I don't look good in a lob it just does it just doesn't look cute and the only way to get a lob is to thin out half my hair so I ultimately I was really into the lob thing so I found a hairdresser who thinned out half my hair and gave me a really short haircut which like would look good for like three days and then it would grow out in weird angles and look busy yeah exactly and look terrible um at one point I did a keratin treatment so to unnaturally straighten my hair two got a lob three had half my hair like shorn off and it still did not look great to try and get this lob hair stop and then recently I was reading these articles about like that the style of the summer that everyone wants to get is like an even shorter bob. It's like a chin length bob. Like that is what like Julia Roberts did and Kristen Bell did. And that's like the look of the summer that everyone must have. And then I was just kind of like mad. It's like I spent yeah. a lot of money, which is my bad. I recognize that that's my bad to try and get this lob look that it just is not designed for non-white people like fashion is not designed with non-white people it's designed with the white person as the ideal right the trend of the summer that I'm gonna like people are gonna spend like thousands of dollars to like look at is like a white person trend of the summer like that's like not versatile that's not designed for like um a wider audience and obviously can't blame like Kristen Bell and Julia Roberts for like picking a hairstyle that looks good on them but like the fashion industry adheres to that and the fashion industry in this country and honestly around the world, I've seen a lot of Bollywood celebrities. Like Priyanka Chopra got a lob. Her hair is so thick. But that's the other thing that like, I mean, I think you brought it up with the keratin treatments and like what would you do in order to like make your hair like more malleable, I guess, to like what the white norm is, right? Like, Yeah. yeah, I've done keratin treatments before too because my hair is super, super like frizzy and like this the tiniest bit of humidity like it goes up so you as like a non-white person trying to live to like white ideals you end up spending a lot of money just a lot of money just to like right yeah my cousins have gotten the Japanese straightening done where they have like huge frizzy hair and it turns them this straight but the chemicals are cancer causing like it's really unhealthy So I guess the TLDR is that, like, fashion should be more inclusive. Like, trends should be more inclusive. What's in shouldn't be restricted to, like, what a white woman can pull off. It should be broader than that. And, like, we have, like, brown people have great hair. Everyone has great hair. Your hair is your hair is your hair, and it's great. For instance, Becky with the good hair of Beyonce fame Rachel Roy is actually half Indian. So her good hair is half Indian hair. That's an important point. I feel like not very many people know that. So Yeah, credit yeah. to Jessica who told me that fact yesterday. <laughs> so yeah, Browns have great hair. We should embrace it. Your hair is political, right? And like yeah. how what you do to your hair can like indicate of how much like you're willing to assimilate or not and like mm. why that's wrong, right? And so yeah. Um, it'd be cool to see, like, Indian people embracing their Indian hair. Yeah. We need to talk about facial hair also at some point oh, in general. Like, that is another thing. Oh, so, my God. Yeah. We can All right. Stay that. tuned to that. <laughs> well, I think that's our episode, right? Yeah, that's our episode. Follow us on Twitter if we get a Twitter. Yeah. And as <laughs> we'll always, see. Thoughts, questions, concerns to the brown, burndown at gmail.com. Yep, email us. 
what is it? Rate, review, subscribe. Rate, review, subscribe. <laughs> Apple Podcasts. We you can also find us on reviews. Stitcher. We Thank do have you. great reviews. Thank, Thank you, guys. guys. Yeah. And to our friends who are with us in Miami. Uh, rate, review, subscribe. <laughs>